going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast. I am your host here, Eric Elliott. Uh, we are going to be introducing and interviewing a really awesome guest today, or this is an interview from, I guess, last week. We have seven-time CrossFit Games athlete Austin Maliolo uh, on the podcast today, guys. And Austin was someone that I, as I allude to in the show, get into uh, and wanted to connect with after he posted a, uh, a vlog um, talking about competitor-style training and, and volume within competitor-style training uh, within CrossFit so that you can improve, but at the same time making sure that movement uh, quality is, is paramount first before we keep adding intensity and volume so that injuries stay down and we can actually get the production of results that we are looking for. So that's one of the things that Austin and I talked about uh, during our interview last week. Um, you'll notice that it was interviewed. We talked a little bit about uh, 19.1 as I interviewed him last week before the announcement of 19.2. So when you're listening to this, guys, you're obviously going to, if you did the open, you're already going to be done 19.2. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, um, just so you're aware. But 19.2 was, uh, if you didn't recall, it would be the cleans, double unders, and our toast bar that got really, really shitty. Um, for me, I had a lot of goals going into that workout to get to that 225-pound bar. And although I got to that round, I never reached the bar the way that I wanted to just because I flat out didn't have that second gear that I was looking for. Um that was something hard for me mentally to get under grips with because I know I I know I'm capable of doing it especially if I repeated the workout um but my intention with this year's open was to one and done every single workout and I'm gonna stick to it and although that's not the happiest result with what I accomplished with that workout I think it's something that I have to stand by and I know it's going to be better for the um, development of me as an athlete and also as a coach because I just I don't need to go to the well that often because like at the end of the day I'm not going to regionals I'm not going anywhere close I'm not going to be competing with Austin Maliolo in this workout so I'll let the uh, I'll let the redos and the um, the improvement come from the professionals like himself. With that being said, guys, uh, this is this is a big guest for me. Uh, I, someone I was definitely looking forward to interviewing in the future, but he came on a lot earlier than I expected. So please leave me a rating and review on this podcast, and then we can help get more guests like Austin in the future so that we can help grow this podcast and help give you guys the interviews and the education that you're all looking for. So without further ado, I will leave you with that, and we'll get talking to Austin. And we're back, guys, with another uh, guest. Today we have Austin Maliolo. Uh, Austin is a uh, be a five-time games athlete, three times uh, individual, if I have that right, and two times team. Is that right, Austin? Um, gosh, what is it? I think so. It's, uh, what is it? I was, I think I'm, I've been to the games, I think, eight times. Five, I think so, or seven times, eight times, I don't know. I think five <laughs> as an individual, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's all blurring together. And Austin yeah. is also a uh, level one, uh, he's a flow master at level one and level two, is that correct? Yep, yeah, level one, level two, and I do uh, the CrossFit Competitors course as well. Okay, and how 
long have you been working for HQ doing those jobs? Um, gosh, it's going on, I think, uh, my 10th year. Awesome. I mean, a reward, really rewarding experience. Um, so today is February 26th, um, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this, and considering we're talking to one of uh, the CrossFit Games' former um, shortest athletes, <laughs> how was 19.1? <laughs> Oh uh, gosh, uh, 19.1 was it was good, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't too worried about the height thing and things like that, you know. Where, you know, for me, I'm I'm just not the greatest rower of all time. Wall balls don't bother me too much, but um, it was for sure a painful workout. Um, but I was able to get I got what is it? I got nine plus six reps. So I wanted to get I want my goal was ten rounds, but. I wasn't feeling too hot yesterday in my redo, so I was I, I couldn't I couldn't crank out uh, ten, but it was it was a, a pretty ruthless workout. And there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh, skepticism with the open and the open announcement this year, being with all of the changes that have kind of happened. Um, this was like a I think you said it best like right after that day, like a very simple and elegant workout. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, competition style workouts and how they don't have to be this, you know, this, then this, and then finding some sort of mathematical right. equation to make some creative, fancy workout. Tell, tell us why like a simple workout like that still can be one of the most effective things at testing fitness. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think that in, in competing for about 10 years of past and, and, you know, programming and coaching. And, you know, I think the biggest thing you realize is that more often than not, the, mo the workouts that are simple, and what does that mean? I think it means that they have the ability to keep, force you to keep going, right? So workouts that have complementary movement patterns in them, like a pull and a push, and workouts with the rep scheme that allow you to keep moving, right? 19 and 19 for 15 minutes. Um, you know, so when you look at those things on paper, they're often not super sexy because it's only two movements. It's 15 minutes long. It's, you know, they're not unbelievably complex. But then when you do them, it's just treacherous. Um, and I think, you know, that's what I love about the open is that, that, you know, like I think there is a time and a place for complex stuff and heavy weights and things like that. But, um, you know, I think that in the open specifically, you can have, you know, 300, 400,000 people doing wall balls and rowing and it feel the same for the fittest in the world or, you know, people that are brand new. And I think that's what CrossFit has always been about is these simple, elegant workouts. And, you know, it, it, as athletes get better, the tests just need to be increased. So complexity is also kind of relative to the athlete, right? And then, you know, the goals where at the CrossFit games, you see things that you'd not see anywhere else because you are now testing a group of the fittest in the world. Whereas at the open, you don't necessarily need to have, you know, the obstacle course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, at the CrossFit games, you're going to see that. And uh, because of the, you know, the group of people that are going to be there. For sure, yeah, and I totally agree. Like the the simplest things can also be like I don't think anyone finished nineteen point one, got off the row or, or finished the wall balls and thought, "Wow, that was easy." Right? It was a it was a hard test, no matter what. One right. of the things I thought that was interesting, just following your content recently, and you started up your own blog, um, yeah. was that you're going to be doing the Boston Marathon this year, and your goal that one was to deadlift 600 pounds on the same day, I think, if I have that right, as you're doing the Boston Marathon. So tell us about yep. that goal 
um, where it comes from. And I think I read on your Instagram post today, you have never ran over 10 miles before. Is that right too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that was my longest training run so far. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get to the idea of like, let's do a marathon? Cause that's, that's over twice that distance. Yeah. yeah you know, so last year I was supposed to run the marathon with, with a bunch of the guys that ran it from our gym. And I was, I, I ended up having to be in, um, in France and Paris for a couple seminars and uh, coaching development programs, which just, it, so it was just bad timing. I wasn't going to be able to make it back in time. So this year I, uh, you know, my schedule worked out that I was, I was going to be in town and I was like, all right, well, Spencer ran it last year. My buddy, Spencer Hendel, Connor Murphy ran it, a few others. I was like, all right, well, if they can run it, I can run it. So my ego got there, but got me there. I was like, <laughs> they can do it. Um, but you know, Running a marathon, in my opinion, you know, for people that are relatively fit um, at the CrossFit Games level, I don't think is a massive feat um, because I think that you're fit enough to do it. Um, but it's how fast you want to do it and how much, you know, deterioration and pain do you want to be in, at, you know, come mile 20 or 23, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I decided, hey, well, I want to run the marathon. I'll run it. And you know, my goal is to run it in four hours. That's a goal. So, you, you know, my, you just can't run the marathon to run it, right? You have to have a goal. So the <laughs> totally. goal is let's, let's have a four hour marathon. That's, that's a, you know, nine minute pace. That's, you know, so take some training involved there. So, and then the, the CrossFitter in me said, well, running and deadlifting two opposite ends of the spectrum and, and, you know, two very functional things that life demands, you know, pick something off the ground and then get from point A to point B. So, um, you know, and, and for me, my PR deadlifts like 570 or five, you know, 575. Um, so I was like, you know, maybe trying to deadlift 600 pounds on the same day. So, you know, PR by running a marathon for the first time in my life. Um, and then, you know, PR the deadlift by deadlifting 600 pounds and we'll see what happens. Um, so that was where, that was where the, the, the goal came from. And, you know, meanwhile, by not like stopping training CrossFit, so still doing, you know, CrossFit, but, you know, implementing some longer runs and some more deadlifting here or there. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of lesson do you think that passes along to people within the CrossFit community? Because whether you like it or not, you're looked up to as a as a mentor for a lot of people who are looking into getting better at CrossFit and fitness in general, yeah. because I think it passes along a good lesson, um, of that, you know, that mantra of outlift the runner, but outrun the lifter kind of thing. So yeah. Where do you, I guess, sit with that lesson that you're passing along? Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, I think, I think in, in, in it's important to not take, everything so seriously one where like you know if you because i actually you know I, i'm i'm on come friday i'm gonna uh release a vlog on sort of my learnings about marathon training and doing this stuff and like because i've run lo more longer distance my whole life you know in the past couple months and you know combined and you know i, I can tell you that it's it's not fun <laughs> you know running i mean I'm not built to run. I'm not a huge fan of it. And gosh, my body just hurts more than ever, you know, but I do think it's important, you know, to try other things and, you know, as a, and as a, and as a coach and, and as a, you know, like, like you said, mentor to, to a lot of people, I think it's important 
to to show that we practice what we preach, which means, hey, I'm going to run the marathon and I'm going to learn what it's like to kind of train for marathon. Because I have marathon runners that walk in my gym and, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go through that process. And I've also learned that CrossFit is a damn good training methodology, which I've always known. But, you know, like that. It's and from the variance perspective, I think this is the biggest thing that I've learned is that the the secret to longevity in anything is variance Absolutely. because rep and because the repetition of running, cause here's the deal I've run in, in workouts for 10 years and I enjoy the running process of workouts. But now that I'm just doing more running compared to anything else, my it's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's painful. And I think what, what that highlights is that one, we should probably be taking that as a lesson that our body is telling you, Hey, like, you know, we shouldn't, you know, if, if your body's breaking down from doing one thing, maybe that's not what we should be doing. And, you know, running in my opinion has a stigma and the stigma is, you know, more is better. Right. And got to run, run, run. CrossFit, I think, dangerously can fall into that same trap too. It's like, well, I got to do more, more, more CrossFit and get better at it. And you can lead into the same issues that you, as you would with running, right? Where if you do 14 CrossFit workouts in a day, that's no different than running, you know, 10, 15 miles a day. Um, because now it no longer, you know, that variant just and it essentially becomes repetition because of statistics. So I think that's those are some of the learnings that I've had, um, and it's. It's it's opened my eyes to the to the endurance community because I know the endurance community has you know taken a pretty big exodus to the CrossFit community and you take a look at you know Chris Hinshaw and others in the community there so it's uh, it's cool to see it from the other side. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with, couldn't agree more with you, and we're definitely going to get more into that uh, that variance and where you see the CrossFit prescription going in the future. But let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about you right now in terms of who Austin Maliolo is. Um, let's go back to your roots because I know I've done a, a lot of research, but I know a lot of people probably haven't read up on or listened to as many other interviews with you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into CrossFit and fitness in general back, um, geez, like 2009, 2010 is when you first came on the scene. How did you get into CrossFit and where did that come from? Because I know you spent a lot of time um, in juvenile uh, detention, if, that, if I have that correctly, um, and coming up through the system that way. So tell us how you kind of turned your life around through fitness and CrossFit in general. Yeah. So, you know, no, you know, fortunately I was, I, I never ended up in, in, in juvenile detention. I was more or less the, uh, ulterior route, um, of that type of, um, services. So, uh, I was, I was a, a disgruntled youth. I was a de degenerate youth, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and you know, Basically, the way the way I summarize it now, and as as I get older, and that time gets further in the past, which is just crazy to think about. But, um, you know, you you put yourself in the wrong situations with the wrong people, and you make the wrong decisions. It usually leads to bad things, right? Um, and I ended up, you know, I w when I was you know, gosh, 16, 17 years old, got in a lot of trouble got arrested, got sent away to what we, you know, this, this, uh, what they called second nature. It was just a, essentially a, 
you know, a place where I, I hiked and did stuff out in the, uh, you know, I was in Utah for two months just hiking around and things like that. That was sort of in lieu of any other type of punishment. And then from there, um, I went down to a school, which was what you would call a therapeutic boarding school for two years um, with very limited opportunity to leave campus and things like that and visit um, with family and things like that. Um, and then, then I went to college and then, you know, kind of straightened up a little bit. And then I and ended up getting, I actually got kicked out of college, went back to, uh, and, and it was that point when, you know, you, you sort of have a turning point in your life. And, you know, for me, it was, it took me multiple times of getting, you know, kicked down and, and, and built back up and kicked down. And, you know, it was that point where I actually, when I was at home going to community college at night, I was actually working construction during the day. And then I, I somehow landed a personal training job amongst all of that. Um, and, and just about 45 minutes from where I was living in my dad's house. And it was at that gym, which is where I found CrossFit. Now I went to school and eventually I graduated with a you know, degree in exercise science and that sort of stuff. But, you know, so I was in that world. I had my personal training uh, certification at that point, um, just through some generic entity. And, um, you know, life works out pretty funky where like, you know, you, you know, I end up, you know, I get kicked out of school. I'm, I'm living at home. I got a personal training job and I then find, you know, I do my first CrossFit workout at, at the Milford sports club and, you know, which was Fran and I do Fran there. And, you know, after that moment, you know, essentially if you were to look back, well, that was really it. You know, the next day I you know, signed up for my level one where I had to take out two credit cards to pay for <laughs> it. And then, you know, I, I, I read every article on the CrossFit journal at the time, which was a, which was a feasible act at the time. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I found out about the CrossFit games. I was like, Oh, this is pretty awesome. I, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to go to the CrossFit games, which, you know, even back then was sort of a, a, a statement that was sort of laughable, you know, um, to say when you just find out about it. Um, and that, and that's when I decided to start training, uh, to go to the CrossFit games. Um, and, you know, and that was, one of those things where I wouldn't have found that if I was in another place in my life. Um, and from there, never really looked back. I was fortunate to go to the CrossFit games in 2010. Um, so I, I actually made good on that promise. You know, so I went, I actually moved back up to Syracuse. Uh, I lived in Syracuse, was finished my, my, my degree at Cortland, um, and trained at CrossFit. Do it was my cross first CrossFit gym I trained at. Um, you know, finishing up my degree a couple times a week when I went to campus and I was personal training and doing some things, um, during the week. And I, you know, started coaching a little bit. So, you know, it was sort of, uh, that was the, that was the impetus to, you know, essentially where I am today. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a long story that you have, um, but it's one that you can keep concise and there's a lot of, a lot of different avenues we can go down on that. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about was kind of your nutrition within, within a, being the CrossFit element and competing. Um, that's, we are the refocused nutrition podcast. Like I'm a nutrition coach as well as a CrossFit coach. When it comes yeah. to nutrition for you, how has that changed over your CrossFit career? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that 
when I first, you know, when I first started doing CrossFit, I, I, I did what I, I hope everyone, you know, does or, or did at some point. And it was, I read the CrossFit journal issue 21 and that was about the zone. And when I read that article, it changed my life forever. Um, I read that and like a true meathead really didn't flip the page to like the reading about quality foods. I just read like the zone portion. <laughs> and, and so then I, so I literally was like, like I just started weighing and measuring everything, you know, whatever I was eating. And that's why, and I think it was, and, and in fact, I think it was a perfect um, progression for me because I was just weighing and measuring my sandwiches and my pasta, whatever I was eating. Um, and then I quickly realized that, well, if it, I, I want to eat more food, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat less of the crap and more of the good stuff, which means uh, naturally I just started eating whole foods and unprocessed foods because that's what you can eat more of. And over time, I, 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 I kind of I, I fell into, you know, you know, the, the, the quasi paleo diet or, you know, the meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar type of deal. And. I did that. I did a strict zone diet for about five years straight where I weighed and measured every single thing I was eating. Um, and it, what I learned in the, in that time, you know, I'll never, it, it will, it essentially changed everything about not only my performance, but you know, all the other things that, you know, you hear about what, you know, eating, eating the right amounts and the what the right quality of foods can, uh, can do for your digestive system, your skin, your, you know, your sleep, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you know, from there, you know, you know, as, and then to answer your questions more specifically, as I've progressed, you know, I, I played with different amounts of stuff of, you know, whether it was, you know, always sticking true to the zone. I'm a huge fan uh, and proponent of the, uh, of the, uh, of the zone. Um, so I would, you know, lo- you know, either lower my carbohydrates, not my fat, or, you know, I would tweak those things based off what was going on. I was, you know, I, I had a hard time during some train, uh, during games training, keeping on weight. So I would eat a lot more fat, which was helpful. Um, and kind of fast forward to where, where I am now is I don't necessarily weigh and measure everything I eat, but you know, every time I eat, um, I have, you know, a protein, carbon, and fat. I'm a huge fan, fan of macronutrient balance at each meal, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of a high carbohydrate diet that I know some are kind of fatted into now. Um, I'm still a higher fat, lower carb, higher protein. Um, and that's what has worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but the, what, what I learned in the very beginning of just reading that, that, that simple article that summarizes the zone. And then I nerded out obviously and read all the books and, you know, I read the paleo diet. I read all the Gary tubes, books and all that t- type of stuff. And, you know, kind of dug in nice and deep, but, um, that first article was the, 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 the elegance in its simplicity, simplicity and ability to be implemented was great. Absolutely. And I think that like a lot of what you touched on was really important too. When it comes to what you said as a, you know, a fad diet with a high carbohydrate diet, we're talking about, you know, an excess of 50% of your calories probably coming from carbohydrates. Is that kind of what we're, we're looking at in terms of really high carb? Because mostly the zone was somewhere around, and I think even Greg Glassman's initial prescription was a 40, 30, 30 approach, correct? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. The zones, the, the zone is as Dr. Barry Sears, you know, wrote it and it was 40, 30, 30, um, to start. So it was, it was, always, you know, it was, it was, and I mean, it was never even, I mean, that's not even low carb, no. you, know, you know, relatively speaking, but you know, by no means is it a high carb, but I think it's a, a nice moderate approach. And like, like Barry Sears said, you know, that's a starting point too. Like no one really stays there. You tweak based off individual, um, I think that's, and, and I think that's something that a lot of people forget too, is the zone is simply a starting point for people. Um, but it, you have to tweak it based off each individual because every individual unit, human being is different and food affects people differently and their goals are different. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're totally right. And everyone's needs different. Like you, you might need a little bit more carbohydrates being that you are a competitive athlete than, you know, Mrs. Jones, who's just getting off the coach and, and, you know, does, right. does three times a week CrossFit, but is not coming in there and hitting it hard every day. When it comes to, you know, the CrossFit prescription of eats, eat meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. And then you see athletes at the higher level. Um, I think like Rich Froning is, is made famous by his like pizza boxes and whatever during the games. How do you combat those, uh, those conversations with people? Because I'm sure you're having those as a flow master at your level ones and level twos on how to engage that with the general population about food quality, but still reining yeah. in things like that. Because like Rich is a great example, but it, I mean, he's also a genetic freak, right? Like he, he is the exception to the rule in a lot of cases. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, it just, you know, just so happens that rich is a, a a really good buddy of mine you know and you know so i i, I always feel bad for him because he kind of gets a bad rap because like totally you know that 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 was like always the first that that's like what what the camera put on him you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um as 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 opposed to you know what he you know he generally you know ate relatively well for the most of the year but you know like anything competition ironically enough is always usually the exception to, you know, where, you know, you're trying to get, you know, calories in here or there. And like you said, he's a relative genetic freak, but, you know, I think that the first way to answer your question specifically is, you know, well, you're not rich Froning or anyone <laughs> like him. So we can move on from that comparison right now. Um, and, you know, also I always say, be mindful of, you know, judging someone's you know, entire nutritional intake based off, you know, a 30 second clip that you have seen, um, you know, so, and then from there, I often just say, you know, what are your goals? How far away from you are, you know, how far close are you to them? And then that will dictate how much wiggle room you have. Right. So, all right. You, you know, you asked me, well, what about the M&Ms that I love M&Ms? Great. Well, you have a hundred pounds to lose. So you don't get any M&Ms because you're nowhere near that, that goal. Well, why does Rich Froney get M&Ms? Because he has been and is continually achieving his goals and exceeding them. So if he wants to have an M&M on a Saturday night, he can. And he's making that because of where uh, that decision based off where he is and, and his goals. And I think that's a really important uh, concept. And, but if, and, and here's the deal. If you say, I can't live without my M&Ms, I'll say, okay. But... It's just going to take you longer to achieve those goals. A hundred percent. Right. Yep. Like and it, I think that I think I just think people get a little like oh, I'm going to hurt your feelings. No, I'll just be honest. You know, like high intensity will you know yields results. Moderate intensity, moderate results. Low intensity, low results. So same concept when it comes to nutrition. Like it's not hard 
uh, weight, you know, weight gain is a little different, right? But like weight loss is relatively easy, right? We can lose one, one pound of body fat, body fat healthily per week once you lose the water weight, right? So, I mean, I can get anyone to lose weight easily, but it's, are they willing to do it? Yep. Like I always say, like good nutrition is, is simple, but it's not easy. Like we under, like if you put broccoli and in, in a Big Mac in front of two, two people, most people can tell you the most nutritious option, but it's hard to stay away from the Big Mac. Right. So let's get more back to the CrossFit. So one thing I thought that was, you know, very profound when I went to my level one over a year and a half ago at this point um, was just the way it was delivered and, and what CrossFit really is. And I think that there's a lot of people that don't understand totally what it is. At its most definition level, it's constantly varied function of movement executed at high intensity. Now, my question with that is, do you still believe in that prescription? And do you believe in maybe a varied description? So what I mean by that is I've heard other people within the industry, such as like um, Ben Bergeron, I think he calls it constantly varied functional movement executed at uh, relative or varied intensity. Do you believe it's always inten high intensity? Uh, is there times to take back the intensity with things like that? Um, but yeah, I guess tell me a little bit about do you believe still in that same initial prescription that Greg came up with, you know, almost two decades ago at this point? Right. Uh, I think the short answer is absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, like, I think it just all, any type of variation on that prescription is usually a misunderstanding of the actual prescription. So when, when we define cross variance, functionality, intensity, right? Yep. Let's, so variance, we, I think we, I think we get that, right? Functional movements, I think we all understand that. Oh, the intensity piece, right? So when we define intensity as as power, power is, is directly equal to intensity, intensity equal power, that gets us results. But we're not discussing what we call an absolute intensity, right? What that means is, is that what we are in pursuit of is relative. And there's a, you know, when we define our program at our level ones and, and, and online, we talk about a, someone, something that's relative to someone's physical and psychological tolerances. So today now, and, and he, and so like what you said, what I mentioned with Ben, it's like, which is, yeah, which all he said, all he did there was define what, how CrossFit defines intensity, which is mm -hmm. relative. Yep. Right. And it's, so for example, just take yourself, you know, maybe you're going to go do a workout later today and you know, physically you're doing pretty good, but you know, psychologically you're a little run down and you're just, you're just going to work out a little bit. You know, you're just going to go move, work out. And you know, you, you just, you just, you're just looking for a, a win. And that's where you need to be today. And, and from an intensity perspective, relative to your psychological limitations, that puts you where you need to be. Right. No different than if my grandma's going to work out and she's going to do Fran, she might use a PVC pipe squatting to a box and some ring rows. Right. So I think that that intensity piece is relative and it's, it's what makes CrossFit beautiful. And anyone that's been in business for, you know, from running a CrossFit gym for five plus years knows this and knows how to implement it. Um, you know, maybe not optimally, but at least they're doing it, you know, from from you know, some perspective. So I think that what we've seen with 15,000 affiliates around the world with CrossFit being such a beautifully potent program and stimulus is that we see the, the fitness levels at, you know, at gyms and what people can do is un, it's, it's unfathomable really. So it's hard to say that the prescription 
really is going to change it all because now time has tested it. Now, I think what the challenges for individuals at the, at the affiliate level need to, you know, from a coaching perspective, need to learn how to better implement it. Most people look to change the program. Oh, well, there's something wrong with the program. Uh, I need to change it. I often say yeah, that usually equates to a coach misunderstanding how to properly implement it. It's not the program. Yeah. And that's one thing you talked a little bit about earlier. So when it comes to, you know, volume and intensity, those kind of almost go hand in hand. Um, because like the, a lot of people, I think where I initially got on to you, Austin, or I, I knew you from years, years ago, but I wanted to connect with you after you made that blog post last week talking about competition. And if anyone is re- listening to this and hasn't seen it, you should, I'll link it in the show notes for sure, but go back and watch that video. How do we know when it's appropriate to be adding more volume while intensity is still there? Because I think that's where a lot of people are at. Um, you know, yep. just within working in, within CrossFit and, and seeing people in different gyms, people are getting on these specialty programs, right? They, they think they're going to the next level, um, but they're not moving well. They're not doing the simple things really well and are just adding on more and more load, which over time is obviously going to get them hurt, which, you know, further damages the program of CrossFit. Right. You know, I think, I think there's a few things, I, you know, I think that if you're, go- I think it all goes back to your goals. I'm a huge goals guy. So like, I think it's different if you're just some guy or gal that loves working out, right? And you have the time to do it, you enjoy it, then, you know, does it really matter too much? I don't think so. I think that if you're working out twice a day because you love it, and it's, you know, and that's your social circles that you run in and things like that. And you really don't have a, like a big overarching goal to get to the, you know, the supposed next level or whatever it might be. You're just working out because it's awesome and fun. I think that pose, I, I think that's a, that's a, a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, it's something I want to have, a, I want to do a little vlog on because I think that, I think we vilify those individuals and we shouldn't. I think we should celebrate them for actually loving fitness and, you know, that's their and, and and they want to do that. Like, I, I have nothing wrong with that. I think that where the issue is is that for those that you like, you just said like that want to get to the next level, that that have some very specific goal, and you know, and so thus, you know, the simple answer is well, in order for me to do this, I have to do more, right? Because you know, if I work out twice a day, I'm going to get twice the opportunity for adaptation. So like at face value, that makes sense, right? Yep. You know. The more you work out, the more opportunity for adaptation. So I think what we need to realize is that you can be, and I think you just have to be smart and calculated with volume one and how you introduce it. It's just, and that, that's where periodization comes into play, right? Where, all right, well, if you're going to, and this is what we talk about at the competitors course and we, and we do it like on a hand plan programming stuff where like, all right, if you are now, say you've been doing CrossFit regularly, you've been coming, you've been doing the, the warm up the workout and the cool down say for six months to a year awesome now you want to add some stuff on well maybe you just do like twice a week you add in a a second session and the second session is a calculated maybe it's another maybe and it's focused towards a weakness so you know maybe it's like i really struggle with you know weightlifting so i'm going to do one day i'm going to do another i'm going to do a lift and i specifically struggle with you know squatting so all right one day a week we're going to squat 
And then the other day week, we're going to do, you know, more technique work and some position work for Olympic lifts, you know, something like that. And then after four or five weeks, then we, then we pepper in something else, you know, such as we're going to do a third session and maybe that third session is going to be, you know, some, some focused auxiliary work where we're going to work on some gymnastic pulling or whatever it might be. And then over, over time, over a year, over a year and a half, we, we, we add in volume that way systematically and, and correctly. And all the while making sure that we're moving well, right. Earning your volume from the sense of, you know, you are moving well enough to actually do one workout, let alone two or three. And then that's how you can up your sessions. And then also rest, opportunity to rest. We're like, if you're just working out for three hours straight, that might not be as effective as if you do a session in the morning and then a session again at night, because you can properly recover. So you can hit each session with the intensity that will allow you to actually garner the appropriate adaptation, you know, because the stimulus of the workout is meant to be done at a high intensity. So I think those are some things that athletes can, can, can think about. The problem is most people are greedy and most people want everything fast, so they, they want to jump the gun. And they'll see results right away because usually, right, the negative side of, of volume doesn't show up right away. It comes in over time with overtraining, overuse, or injury. Um, and so it's, it's not an instant um, negative, but there's usually is an instant gratification. So it's very difficult for those to play the long game. Absolutely. And one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to, to kind of to take it back a little bit, um, is the CrossFit for GPP style populations. You know, it, it is easy to see people like yourself and, and Rich and other people who are high in the competitive stream and they're doing all this work and think, you know, the only way for me to, to look better and to get good results is to go crazy and do that much volume. But I know you don't think that. So tell, like, why do you think that you know, the three days on, one day off, you know, original CrossFit style approach of just doing one workout a day, maybe five times a week, hitting it hard and moving on. Is that enough to get people the results that they need to stay healthy, live, live a long life and also, you know, basically stave off of the retirement home and all of the other chronic disease that people are fighting off? Well, yeah, I, I, well, I think the, the, the short answer is absolutely. Um, I think that the, I think there's a misconception of when you look at a CrossFit games athlete, people for some reason don't think that these athletes are professional athletes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, it's like because it's, it's absurd to think that when you, you were watch the NFL or NHL, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, go play some more football and play a bunch of hockey. I'm going to go to the NHL and, and I'm going to look like them and play like them. Like what people forget is form follows function. Right. I think that's step number one is that, mm-hmm. hey, you want to look good naked. You need to be able to do more stuff. And in order to do more stuff, you need to be able to do things at a high level of intensity, um, you know. So, yeah, of course, when you see CrossFit Games athletes, they look unbelievable because they are very, very functional. They can do anything, essentially, life throws at them. Now, with that said, there's also massive sacrifices, right? And 99.9% of people shouldn't 
be willing to make those sacrifices, right? Because it's not their goal. Their goal is to, you know, look good naked, to be able to pick up their kids and their great grandkids and, and really be competent at what they need to do day in and day out. And of course, the CrossFit methodology does that because we see that. I mean, I, you know, look at any, you know, look at any affiliate that's been in business for 10 years and, you know, look at their membership base and look at their 10 year members. And it's pretty awesome that they all look different, right? Like people are different shapes and sizes and all that other stuff. But gosh, you know, like they can, they're, they're pretty damn fit. You know, my dad's 62 years old and, you know, there's not a CrossFit workout he really can't do, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And He's been doing CrossFit for 10 years and he works out once a day and he goes on vacation and he, you know, has a beer and pizza on a Saturday night when he's watching a football game and, you know, he's not going to, and that's okay. And, you know, and I think that, you know, I look at someone like him and I'm like, well, that's, that's the proof point for you, right? Is that, you know, I look at my, my 10 year members at my CrossFit gym and, you know, they're still getting fitter, faster and stronger and they're getting older and, and we're not doing strength and Metcon in our gyms. We're just doing one workout and we're doing a skill and we focus on warmups and skills and development and positioning and we have fun, you know, and like, but we don't bury them into the ground every day with three sessions. We do one workout and, you know, they, they come in late and they leave early if they're busy and that's okay, but they're still getting results. You know, and I think that, I think that that's the proof point. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I only have two more questions for you, Austin. So the one that I wanted to talk about was, you know, why do you CrossFit? This is kind of like a, it's almost a very simple thing. But at the same time, I think I've heard you say before when you got into CrossFit initially, it was for, you know, feeding a competitive itch and you got really competitive with it really fast. But sorry to tell you that that day is going to come where you can no longer do this competitively. And, you know, it is your job right now to be working for CrossFit in CrossFit in a gym. So obviously it's more than the competition for you, but tell me why it is. Why is it CrossFit? Why is it not Orange Theory, not to or, you know, F forty five or something like that. Not to, you know, shit on their fitness methodologies or anything, but why is it CrossFit not in those? Well, you know, I can just speak to what I know and I obviously know CrossFit and that's what I do and you know, gosh, I think the simple answer is I love it. Um, it's It's been the most impactful for me in multiple domains, but I truly believe that it is the most effective tool to get someone fit, to stay fit, and to do it in a way that's the least invasive to life. And what I mean by that is from a time perspective and from a what it demands from you is that you just show up one hour a day consistently across a year, a couple days a week, you're going to get unbelievable results. And I love it. I mean, for me personally, I just, I love, I love working out. So whether, whether the competitive end end game is there or not, I don't know if it'll ever change how I approach working out, which is, you know, if I can work out three times a day, I will. My life is a lot busier now than it's ever been, so I, I sometimes don't have that opportunity. But, you know, if you were asking me what is it, what does a perfect day look like, it's like, well, I'd love to be hanging out with my buddies and, and working out. <laughs> and and so it's it just it's part of who I am, and I, so I just love it. 
yeah, I don't think there's really much more of a complex answer that we can actually ask for there. So the only other question I have, being that this is a refocus podcast, what yeah. do you think that the CrossFit industry or the fitness industry in general needs to work on or refocus on if there's one thing that you can kind of nail down that we're kind of doing that we shouldn't be doing and we should kind of refocus our efforts towards something? Um, you know, I think that something that I'm very passionate about and, uh, you know, and, and something that we've been working on with our programming, the hand plan programming stuff is affiliates ability to implement programming day to day with their athletes. Um, I think that gym owners and coaches, which are like, if you think about it, we have 15,000 affiliates around the world. You do the math. I mean, these are the, the, the coaches and owners are the most important individuals in the community, right? Um, cause they're impacting, you know, the, all, the CrossFitters and which creates the CrossFit market, which, you know, which, you know, arguably one of the more influential, you know, markets in the world of fitness. Um, and I think what, what, what we need to focus on and what we're trying to help in that endeavor is how can we implement programming and co and, and the workouts day to day from a scaling perspective, from a targeting perspective, and it's from a quality of movement perspective, how do we set our coaches up for success to help implement the day-to-day? And, you know, like we've talked about, volume has been an issue, quality of movement has been an issue, and all that, and all that is is that we just need to refocus what we're doing day-to-day. As coaches, we need to get better at simply coaching and the tools at which we are used we leverage to do that i think need to be sort of um leveled up as well and that's something that i'm very passionate about and i know what we do at our gyms and with our programming is solely focused on that one endeavor yeah that's awesome i think that that's a really good um measure that we should be all be aiming for like it's something i'm aiming for as a novice coach to continue improving every single day and i think that you know the idea of turning pro as a as a coach is super important for most people to take this seriously, not just as a like part-time job where you're just doing a coach once a week. It's important that you take it as a professional career um, to, because you're changing people's lives if you're doing this the right way, right? Right. So I think that's everything on it, Austin. Um, one thing I wanted to talk or give you a chance to talk a little bit about, you mentioned a few times, is the hand plan. So tell us what that is and if people, how people could check it out. Oh yeah. Um, so the hand plan is just a, it's a programming platform that myself, uh, Spencer Hendel and James Hobart, we own and, and work on together. Um, we do, you know, uh, individual programming like, uh, for some, for competitors, we do, um, uh, masters as well as a, a program called the power hour, which is sort of like an on the road type of deal, but sort of the cornerstone of our program is our affiliate programming. Um, and that's some of the stuff we talked about where we give lesson plans and scaling options and, um, skill based stuff. And we spend a lot of time, you know, developing content around how to properly implement the workouts. Um, so, you know, whereas, you know, I would say the workouts that we rise into the tools that we give for you to implement them. Um, so that's, uh, that's been a big focus of ours, you know, with, you know, myself and James, we, you know, we have our three One Nation gyms in the area. We also have one in Shanghai and, um, you know, I run Reebok CrossFit One and, and we all kind of share, you know, each day we do the program and we learn it, we practice it, we implement it with our coaches. So you know, our goal is to be able to share that with as many as affiliates and coaches that want to and, and help them, uh, you know, deliver something that is 
easy for them to do so they can focus on their job, which is coach, which is, like you said, a full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. Once you can get out of the way of, you know, figuring out your programming in a lot of cases and you can just deliver um, movements and techniques and cueing um, a lot easier with having to worry about all that stuff, it makes coaching probably a lot more easier for sure. Um, where can people find you online, Austin, if they want to follow you along and follow your competition season as, you know, 19 point whatever gets released and the rest of the open yeah. in the game season as well? Absolutely. So, uh, so Instagram, uh, a Maliolo and then, um, Twitter, same thing. And then, uh, same thing for, uh, YouTube for the vlog, which is a Maliolo, which is my channel. Um, so those are probably the best, the best places to uh, follow along where I'm putting up content, uh, relatively consistent, um, on all those channels and what's going on. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, Austin. It was your, your great guest and I hope to have you back on again someday soon. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Take care.